PSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition as we wrap up this week. Blessing many, offending some. Oh, yes, we always do. (laughs) You know, this is one of the things that happens when you when you uh, teach the Bible. You're going to make friends. You're going to make enemies. The Bible says that we're the fragrance of life to some, the stench of death to others. So how important it is that we then know what God will approve and what God disapproves of in these days that we're in. If you've been sharing your faith, reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, been approached by uh, people carrying another Jesus, hey, give us a call. We're here to help you give good answers to those people that ask questions and also that you are settled in your faith, that you know why you believe what you believe and why you believe it. So important. You know, one of the worst things I think somebody can do is say, well, I don't really know that, but my church teaches. You don't want to care about what your church teaches. You want to know what you believe. This is one of the great problems they did with Jesus. Well, our father Abraham taught or Moses taught us. But what do you believe? See, that's the question. And so we want to just take this time aside every weekday afternoon, invite you to call us, be part of the program. Again, uh, that number is 8888-ASK-CSN, and you can be part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota, Greg Blanc with us. Hi and welcome, Greg. Good afternoon, Pastor Mike. You you know, you said that people are are asking questions and the people have a lot of questions out there. I, I have noticed recently that so many more people are open, you know, that they're not doing it on the down though anymore. They, they really want to know what's going on. You know, is there anything to this, this end time stuff that, uh, that you church people, you Bible people have been, been telling them about? Yeah. It, don't you think, Mike, it's an exciting time to be alive and watch the prophecies of the end times just show up in our newspapers and, uh, and across the internet. Well, every yeah, day, I, every day. I, I think also the idea of replacement theology that revelation happened in 70 AD and, you know, we're just going to just go on and welcome the return of Christ. Uh, you're, you're, you know, if you believe wrong, you live wrong. And the Bible very clearly says, that the book of Revelation is the last event before Jesus sets up his millennial reign here on this earth. And uh, it's seven years long. The Bible says there'll be a one-world order, one-world government, one-world currency. Uh, and uh, the Antichrist, of course, he's going to be called the man of peace by the world, is going to govern over everything. And so this is where the world is headed. Now, it is not the dawning of the age of Aquarius. It's not the world will be as one, as John Lennon says, no heaven above us, no hell below us, above us only sky. The Bible says it's the worst time that's ever going to be on this earth. The Bible says unless those days were shortened, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, there'd be no flesh saved. That's how bad it's going to be. 
So the idea that, hey, we're all going to just groove together, baby, it's going to be one big loving. Hey, let me tell you something. They're not reading the Bible. And this is one of the great problems. The Bible says in Revelation that every living thing in the sea dies. You can't buy or sell unless you have the mark, name, or number on your hand or on your forehead. You see, that's what the Bible says. That didn't happen in 70 A.D. Well, 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 that's just metaphorically speaking, I'll tell you. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, then how do we know Jesus wasn't just metaphorical? You know, when something obviously is metaphorical in the Bible, yeah, it is. A beast with seven heads and ten horns. Okay, I've been to a lot of zoos. I've never seen anything like that. I know that's metaphorically speaking. When Jesus said, I am the door, whammo, Jesus is a giant oak door. No, it's metaphorically speaking. But when the Bible says something clearly, every living thing in the sea dies. The water turns to blood. All the trees are burnt up. There's a one-world monetary system. There's a one-world order. That's not metaphorically speaking, friends. That's absolutely what it means and what it says. And people that are outside of Christian faith, this is what they're desiring. This is why they're collapsing the American dollar. This is why you hear all this new types of currency, the Bitcoin, and all these other ideas of of global currency. They want to destroy not only America, the American dollar, the all this kind of stuff. We are headed for a one-world order, a, a, a totalitarian dictatorship headed by the Antichrist. Now, now again, uh, a lot of people don't really understand how can this be, but when we look at such a void of leadership in America and around the world, we understand what problems we're in. I read a story here that uh, um, a, a Biden appointee from Washington, John Kennedy was asking, this was just in the last couple of days, was asking them about certain parts of the law. This judge says, I don't even know what that is. Well, yeah, they asked what article, you know, asked what article five was and article two five, was. Article five, was, article or, two, as a matter yeah. of fact. And they didn't know. I don't even know what that is. Why anybody would vote for somebody that doesn't even know the law, yet that says 50% of the Democrats or 50 votes of the Democrats in the House are going to vote for this guy, never mind whether they're qualified or not. Since when does that matter? So what we're having now is just a complete freefall in government. And again, as we have a current administration that's waging war on America, uh, again, doing everything they can do to destroy the American dollar and your 401ks, your savings, this is all part of it. And when you keep printing money, you don't have. In fact, the American dollar is a joke. The only reason they're propping it up is for the great crash. And I do believe that's going to come, friends. You cannot keep printing fiat money. That means paper with no gold, gross national product, silver to back it up. And what happens, it just devalues all your money. This is why we have inflation. Why would you put your money in the bank and get 1% or 2% interest on it right now when inflation is anywhere from 10 to 14%, the worst that's been since 1948? That means for every dollar you put in the bank, ooh, I'm getting 2%, you're losing probably 10% a year 
That's at 12% inflation rate. Some of it's even higher than that. That means every dollar you put in the bank at the end of the year, you now have 90 cents instead of a dollar that you put in a year ago. So inflation then, interest rates have to be above the inflation rate. So in other words, we're going to see, I believe in the not too distant future, I believe we're going to see inflation rates rivaling that of 1980, 81, uh, when, uh, maybe I should say before that, 78, 79, um, uh, which helped bring Ronald Reagan in, inflation rates 18, 21% kind of stuff. Uh, because logically that's what it is. This is going to collapse our economy. And people say, well, Mike, I, 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 I want to hear about Bible questions. This is Bible. This is the end of your nation. This is the morphous of, of a, of a nation becoming swallowed up by a one world order because people deliberately collapsed us. Again, our southern border overran fentanyl pouring across our border. The Democrats don't care about crime. Uh, all they care about is is getting in power and staying in power. And this is a very scary thing to me when you understand what really makes governments and destroys government. Remember, the Roman government was never conquered. Its borders were overran. And so they let the crime go sky high with the fentanyl. And we have these mass shootings, these criminals that should never have guns. So we're going to take away the guns from all the good people. See, the Communist Party, and that's what we have now, kind of running everything, they don't want armed people. That's why our forefathers put that Second Amendment in there. That's the stopgap. That's the last bastion of freedom that you will have. Because once Second Amendment's gone, you can't keep and bear arms. They can do to you whatever they want to do. And friends... You're not going to like what they're going to do to you in the days to come. That's why they want to disarm you. So remember that when you see these bleeding heart liberals and little kids crying, oh, yeah, my heart breaks for that. That's sad. We live in a fallen world. But you don't punish the good people because the government allowed crime to go out of control. And that's where we're at today. And that's why you need to understand we're in a different time than we've ever been, first of all, in our country, but greater than that in the entire world as the world is rushing towards a one-world order. The key for all of this is the nation of Israel. When Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem come back under Jewish control, this is in Luke chapter 21, the generation that sees these things will not pass away till all these things are fulfilled. Friends, I believe we're there, and we're there right now. We need to be about our Father's business. Let your light shine. Don't get sidetracked from a bunch of crazy stuff. But again, Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is the Bible. Not TV series, not religious orders having other inspired books or rewriting the Bible to suit your own belief. We, we, the Bible says, redeem the time. The days are evil. Friends, we need to make redemption of our idle time because I believe that we ain't going to be here much the longer. Days are evil. And, it says, make the most of every opportunity. And, and, and then they're going to get, Greg, what they've always wanted, a world without, without God. Without God. Yeah. And what a hell it's going to be. 
So yeah, Greg, it's it's crazy. We're we're in crazy times, and we need to be aware of this. I'd like to invite you to the River Christian Fellowship tomorrow or Sunday, uh, ten o'clock, and uh, uh, bring your Bible. You'll use it. And also, um, I'd like to invite you to uh, those listening in the uh, Rapid City, South Dakota area. I know Greg would like to Yeah, see come that. on out to Calvary Chapel Community Church, 320 East St. Patrick Street, right in the center, right in the center of Rapid City. Mike, can I say one thing before we take uh, Oh, please do. You know, you were talking about people, you know, maybe a uh, uh, somebody who doesn't see that that the end times are unfolding right in front of us and and there has never been a time that there has been this massive of an acceleration call it a convergence of of uh, of events trending towards the tribulation think about it mike 5 years ago few outside of men like you and me prophecy buffs Few were taking uh, seriously the reality of a coming digital currency. But now it's in the papers every day. Five years ago, few of us, but the, you know, few of us, but the prophecy guys, prophecy teachers were sounding the alarm on the use of this extreme climate agenda to take away all our human rights. All of that is coming to fruition. Five years ago, few people were talking about artificial intelligence, uh, that it would soon lead to transhumanism and microchipping of the brain like uh, like Elon is saying that he wants to do within the next six months. Five years ago, uh, prophecy buffs, we were the only ones talking really about the reality of this new world order. And yet we see those predictions just unfolding right before us every day. And so there's this this quick acceleration towards towards the the coming predicted biblically predicted prophesied new world order and and you know what that means that means that the coming of the lord is even closer so like mike i i appreciate it you can't say this enough mike that that we need to be busy about our daddy's business and it's an extremely ta- uh, extremely exciting time to be a believer. So let's get out there and tell people about Jesus, right? Yeah, Mike? people say, well, how do I do that? When you get up in the morning, just say, Lord, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Today's your day. Open, close the doors. Have me be where you want me to be. Give me the right words to speak to people. And that I will do. And you'll be amazed what God will do. Let's go to Ron, Prescott, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon, Pastors Mike and Greg. In Revelation 3.12, it says we will receive or have the name of the Father and the Son in New Jerusalem written on our foreheads. Will that be a literal uh, writing on our foreheads? Well, how it it appears on our foreheads, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. It will be written. Now, whether it's on your crown that you receive and you wear that crown and it may have, you know, uh, um, you know, blessings from the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and 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 the new order. I don't know. I don't know whether it'll be a tattoo. I don't believe so. But we do find in Revelation 13, the devil putting his mark on the people of the world. We find God putting his mark on the 144,000 Jews in Revelation chapter 7. Uh, 
And so I wouldn't be surprised that there was some way of identifying us that we belong to God, but it very well could be these words are written on the crowns that we will wear. Your thoughts? Well, you know, how how great will that be if uh, if we actually showed up in a heavenly tattoo parlor? You know, I wouldn't, you know, that would, that wouldn't bother me a bit to have, uh, to have this new name and his name tattooed on my forehead for, uh, for all, all eternity. I'm, I'm God. He could probably, he could put God's property on there. I'd be, I'd be plenty, plenty happy with that. But his name, you know, it's, you know, it's Yahweh to have that, that, that I just think that would, I think that would be great. But the most important thing, we need to have his name tattooed on our heart before we make it to heaven, before we make it to heaven at all. So my encouragement is uh, is just love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and uh, leave those questions. Lots of things we don't know for sure, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that uh, that we bear physically for uh, for all eternity. So I hope that helps. Thank you much, pastors. Ron, God bless you. If you don't have the movie Jesus, stay on the line. We'll send that out to you and others. So let's go to Daniel, Roswell, New Mexico. Hi, welcome. Hey, Mike. I just want to start off by saying how uh, thankful for thankful I am of the, what the Lord is doing through you guys and your show. It's just been such a blessing. Um, I'll start off with a verse that I've been studying out, uh, Proverbs 1320, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Um, I say that just because I know uh, as adult Christians, we have to guard ourselves with who we hang out with, who we surround ourselves with. And and Mm -hmm. my wife and I have been, have been struggling. Uh, We have a six-year-old daughter. Um, We've been struggling with sending her to Sunday school. Um, the Sunday school teacher is great. We love our church. Uh, everything's great, but it just seems like at certain times there's parents that just kind of drop their kids off there just to kind of get rid of them, you know, and they're not there for the right reasons. And my, my daughter's having a hard time understanding why she can't do certain things or act certain ways and why other kids do certain things. And I just, I wanted your insight or your opinion on should we keep sending her to Sunday school or, or bring her in a big church with us? Um, well, you know, I, I have a son and I have a daughter, and I asked my son last week, I said, do you want to go into the Sunday school or do you want to go in and and uh, with me? And he said, I want to go in with you. So I said, okay. So it just depends. Sometimes, um, it, it, you know, you can, they can come in with you or, or whatever. I perhaps would talk to the Sunday school teacher to find out what's going on in there, why this would even be an issue. Your thoughts? Well, uh, being an, I guess you're never an ex children's ministry pastor. I always tell people that I was a children's ministry pastor. One of the ministries that I, that I had the privilege to oversee when I was at Horizon Christian Fellowship in San Diego was our children's ministry. And then I tell them I got demoted and made a senior pastor. So it's a, uh, it's a great calling. It's a great ministry to be, uh, to be a part of, but it's difficult. It's difficult these days to keep the attention of children when they are used to uh, uh, 
all the virtual reality simulation that they uh, that they have at their access these days. And there are some parents that uh, that are probably too lenient with letting their kids uh, uh, spend so much time, um, uh, so much uh, so much screen time, and it does. It does make it a little more difficult to hold their attention. Pastor Mike said the exact correct thing to do. Go and, uh, um, you know, try not to do it right there on a Sunday morning or uh, or a Wednesday night. Try and make an appointment with your uh, children's ministry director or your children's ministry pastor or even that uh, that uh, that teacher in that class and go and sit down and and. You hear their heart. They may be as frustrated. I'll tell you this, uh, Daniel, they may be as frustrated, uh, about some of those kids really not wanting to be there, um, as much as we would want them to be there. But here's the good news. They are there. And what a great opportunity for, uh, um, I think you said it was your daughter, uh, to shine and, set an example that learning the Bible as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old can be a lot of fun in a, in a perfect environment. I, well, in, in most church environments, it's much better to have your children learning at an age uh, level appropriate for them. So that's the goal of the Sunday school classroom and the Sunday school teacher. And depending on uh, the depth of the experience of your Sunday school teachers, it, uh, it may vary a little bit, but before, uh, before you bring your daughter, um, into big church where she will probably get less out of it than you think, even though a lot of kids are different and your six year old may be super highly developed, but we adults, Pastor Mike always taught us, uh, Mike McIntosh taught us years ago that the mind can only take in what the seat can endure. And a child's attention span, you as a parent, you know this, uh, in that age range, it's about a minute uh, for every year <laughs> of age. So, you know, six minutes is is basically her attention span. And depending on your senior pastor in the sanctuary, he may not uh, he may not hold their attention any better. Pastor Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I think you just have to go and talk to him and find out what behavior you're objecting to that perhaps these kids from unchristian homes that are dropped off in the Sunday school, what and where and how are they learning these things? Because, you know, you you can't just let that kind of stuff go on in even a, a school classroom, uh, though it goes on afterwards on the playground. But I, I would just talk to the uh, the teacher and explain to them, the problem, they may be completely unaware of, of what your objections are. And they, or they may say, I know, I don't know what to do about it. Do you want to come in the class and help me patrol it? Uh, uh, so Daniel, I think that's what I do. Okay. Thank you guys. God bless you. Stay online. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. We'll go to Sarah, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, how may we help? Um, I just wanted to thank you for uh, my Bible and the things that you sent me. Uh, I use my Bible every day for homeschool, and um, I'm so grateful that that you are um, that you sent me that. Thank you. 
<laughs> well, I'm so glad to send you that. Did did I send you the movie Jesus too? Uh, well, it didn't come. Well, you stay in line, and I'll get make sure you get that because you've got to have that. That's a really good movie. So, um, Sarah, how can we help you today? Um, I just wanted to say thank you for that, and um, yeah. Well, Lord, I pray for Sarah. We pray for Sarah that you just bless her. Help her remember as she reads your Bible. Help her be a good friend to those around her and point them to you. We love you and thank you and bless Sarah and her family, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sarah, God bless you, dear. And uh, if you need anything, stay online. I want to send you out a couple more hey, things. Pastor Mike, okay? can I ask uh, can no, I go ask ahead, Sarah? Go ahead. Yeah, can I ask Sarah a question? Sarah, are you still on there? Yes. You still on? Oh, good, yes. good. Yes. Hey, would it be okay if I asked you a question? Sure. Excellent. Um, you're 10 years old, right? Yes. Is that how old you are? Okay. And uh, and you read your Bible, right? Yes. Yeah. What What is, there might be some other 10-year-olds out there listening to the program today. What is one of your favorite things that you learn when you read your Bible? Um, probably um, when, like, I learned about Jesus' life on earth. Like how he died on the cross and and came for us uh, to like die and um, let us be free from sin and like um, that we can worship him freely and that everything may go well with me and like uh, that he may protect me and keep me in his arms. Wow. Amen. Wow. I I think we need I think we need Sarah to come on and guest host sometime. That was an excellent. You know, I want to tell response. An interesting story. When I first moved to Idaho, I remember that the pastor said, "We're going to go out in the park and we're going to go witnessing uh, at noon. So we want everybody to meet here at the church at ten o'clock." And and so Saturday came. And all that showed up was uh, him, uh, another person, and this little girl, about 10 years old. And so anyway, um, they went to the park, and they walked up to some people sitting under the trees. And they started sharing with these people. Meanwhile, the little girl wasn't really part of the conversation. She kind of wandered off. Uh, just not too far away. And there was a guy sitting under a tree reading a book and she walked up and she says, can I tell you about Jesus? And the man looked at her and said, well, before you do that, I want you to tell me all about how evolution versus the Bible transpires, how old the, the earth really is. And, and all, and she goes, you know, I don't know anything about that, but I know Jesus loves me. <laughs> I think that's more than you know. Out of the mouth of babes. Still, I'm several. We'll get that action coming up on a break, everyone. We'll be back for more. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch 
It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Tragically, every minute, unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence. But amid the darkness, there is a light that shines. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees a precious life, the majority of the time, she will choose life. I got to hear how strong her heart be with I was like I felt like she was supposed to be here and it didn't matter what anybody else told me and all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body and that baby was supposed to be here for something and that was all that mattered. Preborn equips centers nationwide to save babies lives and souls and has rescued over 200,000 babies lives through ultrasound. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn call 855-668-BABY that's 855-668-BABY or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. Every Man and Answer here on this Friday afternoon with Greg Blanc. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and we're going to go back to the phones. We had Sarah on the line, 10 years old, sharing with all of us how important it is to keep the basics up in front. Sarah, thank you so much, dear. And glad you joined us. And again, we'll get those uh, those other DVDs out to you. Let's go to Doug in California. Hi, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, pastors. Um, I don't have really a question. I have more of a comment from uh, addressing something that was said yesterday on the show. Is all right if I do that? Yeah. So um, yesterday, Pastor Mike, I was listening to Every Every Man and Answer, and a caller called in and um, asked the question about what do you think about Calvinism? And without skipping a beat, you said it's whacked. And I immediately hit the off (laughs) button hit the off button and uh, it kind of bothered me the fact that there are many prominent pastors and theologians like John MacArthur, uh, John Piper, Spurgeon that hold to that viewpoint and speaking to millions of people that were listening that in in one fell swoop, that one statement just basically said that whole doctrine is whacked. And in my opinion, it kind of made me feel like I'm whacked because I believe that way. I just, you know, I understand that you guys feel differently, and, and I, I've been listening to Every Man and Answer and to Calvary Chapel preaching for many, many years, even though I disagree with some of the doctrinal stances that you guys take. It's great teaching. I love the verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, and I'm willing to just look past that and, and just get to the meat of things. But I just felt like that was kind of a divisive statement that you made, and, and I know it's not intentional, but I just thought that you'd like to know how maybe somebody felt by hearing something like that that is 
a widely held view, even though you may not disagree with it, and just think about how that affects um, other people. So I'm not really interested in getting into a debate about the, the doctrine. I just wanted to let you know that's how I felt and maybe to think about that in the future. Well, Doug, I didn't mean to offend anybody, but by the very nature, uh, I'm a logical guy. My relatives were the Wright brothers. I'm a very logical. (laughs) My family are inventors. And by the very statement, I'm a Calvinist, shows you're not identifying with Christ. Now, this is a screaming red light. If you were a Christian, you would say, I'm a Christian, but they don't say that. They say, I'm a Calvinist. Well, here's where the problems come in. To say that God deliberately puts people on this earth to send them to hell, I don't know of a more cruel idea, picture of God than is is that. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Revelation chapter 22, the spirit and the bride and all those say, come. He says, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Well, you can't come unless God calls you. For God so loved the world, he called the entire world in John 3.16. But when you're going around telling people about a loving God that deliberately puts people on earth, and there's no way that person can, can, can be saved, that is some kind of an ism that I don't know about. That is not Christianity. And when the Bible says, preach the gospel to every creature, it does not say to preach the gospel to the predestinated ones. Now, understanding in Revelation 22 again, he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. He knows all things. God, who lives in all times present, knows ultimately who will choose him and who doesn't. That I agree with. He knows. But that knowing of God does not stop any person today from accepting him or rejecting him. And for anyone to come along and say God puts people on this earth with no way of them to be saved, that's Calvinism. That's not Christianity. And I think it's interesting that the Calvinists identify with John Calvin, but I choose to identify with Jesus Christ and what he said, God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. Oh, yeah, from God's perspective, yeah, we're predestined, and you find those verses. You can't come unless the Spirit draws you, but I believe the Holy Spirit will draw every person. Now, whether they accept that call or not, that depends on whether they're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, because all sins will be forgiven, man, except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says to repent, accept Christ as your Savior, and we go, ah, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. Or maybe I don't even want to do it at all. Well, that person's lost. But God knows that. But that doesn't mean that God made that person not a believer. People say, well, what about Pharaoh? God hardened Pharaoh's heart. What kind of a God is that? Well, what did God ever do to Pharaoh? He showed him his power, showed him his his miracles. The more miracles that Moses did, that God did through him to Pharaoh, the harder Pharaoh's heart got. But we find that with the Pharisees, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. They said, now we not only have to kill Jesus, we've got to kill Lazarus as well. 
The more miracles Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees' heart got. So did God harden their heart in that he provided the miracle and the way they reacted to it was negative? Yes. But did God pour concrete on their hearts so they couldn't believe? No, I don't believe that at all. Because the Bible says, whosoever will may come. And you don't ever find anywhere in the Bible that says, well, you're, you're a cute one. You, you can go to heaven. And, and no, you're, you're an ugly one. I, you go to hell. And God just put these people on earth to just send them to hell. That is one of the cruelest pictures of God. I could ever, I, I could, I could ever try to wrap my head around. The Bible says, God loves the world. He loves anyone. Call on his name and be saved. People say, well, I can't because I wasn't called. Well, why don't you call on the name of the Lord and find out if you're... You see, that's the problem. I don't identify with Calvin. Otherwise, it would be Christianity. You shouldn't have to change the name or a a doctrine in the Bible and address it with somebody else's name and identify with that. Are you a Christian? No, I'm a Calvinist. Well, you know, that's a real danger. Well, I'm a Christian and a Calvinist. You're still identifying with a man. Doesn't anybody understand this? Well, these great men, you know, they're the great theologians. Yeah, I've seen some of their writings on the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit's pretty grieved. When they say the miracles ceased with the apostles. No, the God I serve still does miracles today. He's in the miracle working business in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And they didn't cease in the book of Acts in the last chapter because God was doing miracles all the way through the Bible. But, oh, no, you listen to him today. Oh, no, the miracles have ceased. The gifts of the Spirit are gone. No wonder their churches are dead. No wonder they come up with kooky doctrine. So, no, there's a reason why. See, here's the thing, everybody, please get this. And, and, and again, I don't, I don't like, to, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I, I'm somebody that just wants to know. I was raised in church. I was raised in a church that believed the Holy Spirit died with the apostles. The church was dead on a doornail. And I, I, I gave up. I wouldn't go to church. My mom come in and said, we're going to church this morning. I said, I'm not going. I'm done with that because they only liked you if you looked their way, if you had the little suits on, the little ties. Meanwhile, my friends were growing their hair out. This is in like 1969, 70, 71. And, and I, I just said, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, there's love in the church if you look like them. But if you don't look like them, well, then you, you get shaved and shorn. You got to get, you know, and you look at this. I just said, I had enough. And I, I, I left and I read the Bible on my own. Miracles did not start in Acts chapter two. They're all the way through the Bible, but you'll find the Calvinists generally all center around the gifts of the spirit also ceased with the apostles. I got problems with that. They didn't start with the apostles. It's all the way through the whole Bible. Why would it end the last chapter of the book of Acts? And so this is why I warn everybody. Don't identify, well, I'm a Mormon, or I'm a Baptist, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. I identify with Christ. I'm a Christian. 
And I follow what Jesus said. And Jesus said, whosoever will may come. Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature. I don't, you know, God knows who's going to make it. I don't. My job is to tell everybody. Greg, your thoughts. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Mike. You know, Doug, first thing I want to say is thank you for calling in. Thank you for calling in today because I bet. I bet it was, I bet it was a struggle. I mean, you listen to our program, you listen to Pastor Bike's program, and you listen to Calvary Chapel pastors, and you know that we, uh, we are not, uh, we are not Calvinists, and you've probably heard all of our arguments, uh, for years, but, but I, I'm grateful that you called in today, because the Bible says, come now, let us, uh, let us reason together. And so I think yes. it's always wise to start with, what can we agree on? What can we agree on? Even when it comes, uh, even when it comes to tulip, you know, when it comes to the five points of Calvinism, you know, uh, well, for those in the listening audience that, that maybe don't know today, you know, it, it starts with total depravity. That's what the T is for. Total depravity. Then there's unconditional election. Then the L is for limited atonement. I is for irresistible grace and uh, P is for perseverance. Of the saints. So I think, uh, I think that Pastor Mike and I would certainly agree, uh, with you in, uh, in, uh, or with Tulip in total depravity. All men have sinned and fallen short Amen. of, uh, the glory of God. We would probably believe, uh, with you, uh, in the perseverance of the saints. I think that we need to abide, abide in the vine where things get a little sketchy. And this is where I was just here at Pastor Mike's passion and i i have the same passion that he does on this on this topic but but unconditional election we couldn't we couldn't agree with that because the bible doesn't agree with that because as mike said uh you know romans 10:13 whoever shall call on the name of the lord will be saved if you believe in calvinism uh you have to believe in double predestination and double predestination says that some people, uh, uh, well, that God chose some, some to be saved, and the vast, vast majority to burn uh, in an eternal fire for forever. And that is not the heart of our God. Our God gives a free will. And I think this is where, and and I bet Mike has friends who are strong, who are strong Calvinists. We don't stop being friends with people because they, they disagree doctrinally. We just look them in the face and speak the truth and love that the vast majority of the biblical support leans far, far away from Calvinism, which teaches that, that God predestined people to go to hell with no option, with no opportunity, with no ability, with no free will, to not, uh, no free will to, uh, to choose him, um, or not. And you look at the preponderance of the, of the biblical support. And I know that there are, there are difficult, there are some difficult scriptures that do sound very much to support a Calvinistic view, but the vast majority don't you know you look at uh you look at second peter three three nine you know the lord is is not slack concerning his 
promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God couldn't say that if he had preordained people to go to hell. You know, and in First John, it says that he's the propitiation uh, of sin for for the whole for the whole world. He says in First Timothy two four, he desires all men to be saved. In First Timothy four ten, it says he's the savior of all men, especially to those who uh, who believe. And and it's it's really hard to get around John three sixteen uh, that God desires the whole world. He, he sent his, his son into the world to save us. From sin, so um, Doug. I, again, I just, I just want to, I just want to say thank you. You know, thank you for uh, yes. for the call. And I, I bet that there's some pastors out there local with you. If you'd be open, and not to not to get in an argument, but just to just to reason a little bit more that uh, that maybe you you would you would uh, change your position. You know, that's. That's just what we have to remember, that God chooses everyone, but not everyone chooses God. Pastor Mike? And, and, and Doug, the thing is, I, I don't have a dogma. I, 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 well, I'm a, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Foursquare, and this is what our church believes, and so I'm—no, I'm not. I'm not those things. Uh, I don't have a dogma. I, I, I just read what the Word of God says. And I was, I, I was raised in the church. Some of you were raised in the bars, and you have these crazy stories— and if I was ever going to write a book, you know, you heard of Nikki Cruz crossing the switchblade. I suppose if I was going to write a book, I'd call it crossing the butter knife because I, I was raised in church and I had real, you know, Christian parents and all those kinds of things. But what I've seen in my life is I've seen churches, cults take a verse and build entire theologies upon it, disregarding the other verses. Well, when I see that, I have to come to the conclusion that their study has been imbalanced, or they came to the Bible with a prejudice. They were trying to bend the Scripture to fit their thing. I don't try to bend the Scripture to fit my denomination or the way uh, 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 of our of our creed. I, I look and see what the Bible says about a topic in all those. And like I warn everybody, um, any ism is a schism and we got to be real careful of that. Uh, and, and so when I, when I see somebody identifying with Calvin rather than Christ, because Jesus said, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now that would not include the idea of predestined people to hell. Because he said, all that come to me, or just those that were selected before the foundations of the world that come to me, I will no eyes cast out. It doesn't say that. So, And so you say, well, bottom line, Doug, here's the thing. And Greg, I believe that what you believe has a direct effect on the way you live your life. It also has a direct effect on your Christianity and why we are here. If I believe that they're going to figure it up somehow, God's predestined them to go to heaven. There's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing you worldly person can do about it. You're just destined to fry, spit, and sizzle. There's nothing you can do about it, dude. Uh, God put you on this earth to fry you. Uh, that doesn't speak of a loving God. 
But I, but I think more than that, it affects our whole mentality of evangelism. Again, go into the whole world, preach the gospel to every creature. Well, if they're going to figure it out on their own anyway, we don't even need to give altar calls in our church because they're going to figure it out. I believe bad doctrine will always affect other areas in your life. And I don't believe there's probably anything that I know of that will affect world evangelism any worse than the idea that only certain people go to get to go to heaven and others don't. And so I, I really, this is why I have the stand I have. I'm not standing here representing my denomination. I am here simply saying, when I see the verses, I see the compassion that Jesus had for the lost. That's why I have that stand. Doug, I didn't mean to offend anybody. I really don't ever mean uh, mean to offend anybody. But, you know, there there's so many people out there that, they're being a Christian or a pastor is their job. And when we're done, hey, let's, you know, let's go down and go do that. It, it, it's my life. It's, it's who I am. And I, I, I was raised in church and religion almost killed me. It almost took me out because I didn't see Jesus through it all. And I remember I went to a little church out in Walnut, California. It was a type of a Calvary chapel, but it was a little church. And I went in there and I saw a Jesus band playing with, they had long hair and guitars. I saw people in there with wingtips and three piece suits and girls with halter tops on and, and flip flops. <laughs> I saw every kind of, I, this was radical because the only place that I went to church, we love you if you look like us. And I said, this is really radical. And that's what changed my life. And thank God that church taught the Bible. And it made such an impact in my life. And I realized that Jesus died for everyone. Doug, I appreciate your call. If you like staying in line, send you out some books and DVDs. I, I, I just, just want to explain why I have a, the passion I have. And when, when somebody says, well, you know, you're predestined to go to hell. I, I, that's why I get upset. It, it isn't anything personal. And, and like I say, please, everyone identify with Christ not with anybody or any organization. Doug, stay on line if you like. Send you out some books and DVDs, okay? Hello. Just one last thing. I appreciate what you said. My, I'm, I didn't want to get into a big, you know, debate or, or argument or whatever. I fellowshiped with uh, Calvary Chapel in Joshua Springs down in Yucca Valley for the last three years. We, there was a lot that I agreed with, and that's what I focused on. And this wasn't about, you know, Calvinism or not Calvinism. This was just about the way that you came across and just kind of made people that that didn't believe the same way you did feel like wackos. And that was the main reason I called. I appreciate the response that you got. And um, I just I, I identify as a Christian. No, that's it. And Amen. I believe in the well, great Well, that's good, Christian. Doug. And like I say, I, I believe in the great yeah, I, I didn't mean to offend anybody. I, I just, uh, um, you know, when I say things like that, I, I know it causes reactions. I remember I went and, and I was speaking to some Mormons and I said, well, you're, I, what, what's your problem with our, with our, with our church? And I said, do you believe Satan and Jesus are brothers? We don't believe that. That's what they told me. 
And I said, well, go ask your bishop. They came back embarrassed, and they said, I don't believe that, but that's what our church believes. They didn't know. And and so the thing is, by sometimes saying things, and I realize sometimes I'm a little harsh. I, I'm not a politician. I'm not a diplomat. I, I don't know how to candy coat stuff. I'm just... I'm just an old surfer that the Lord saved and, 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 uh, spent a lot of time reading his Bible over the, over the last 60 years. And I, I, I look at that. And I, I don't have an ax to grind. I don't have a denomination to represent. I just want people to know that God loves them. Religion junks up the relationship of a father child that was lost in the garden that Jesus restored. And when Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father, which art in heaven. You know, friends, I'll tell you, uh, that's what kind of relationship God's with you. And if you're trying to approach God through your works, going door to door, selling flowers in the airport, wearing uh, orange, eating organically grown foods, whatever it might be, to somehow approach God, all I can tell you is Jesus just wants you to crawl up in his lap and say, Daddy, this is what's going on in my life. You know, I, I was raised in church again with people, Oh, thou goddess above all gods, as we come into your presence this day. Man, where were you hiding out, Pastor, all week where you could say, as we come into your presence this morning, God is with you no matter where you go. We don't come into God's presence when we when we come into church on a Sunday morning. We're always in God's presence. David said, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there. Where do I go to get out of your presence? Now, again, I, I like that. I, I think that's really good. I don't have to try to find God when I'm scooting down the road backwards on an Idaho road on the ice. I, I, I know God's right there. So what, what I'm saying is that we have to go back. And sometimes I know I make people angry with the things I say. But remember, Jesus said these people will travel the world over to make uh, make uh, uh, you know make a convert twice the son of hell that they are. We remember that uh, Paul the Apostle uh, challenged a guy and said, you're going to be blind. I mean, when you really look at some of the more edgy stuff in the Bible, because people say, well, real love doesn't say anything. I love my kids. I let them light the living room on fire and throw the, the you know, all the furniture out in the lawn. And, 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 you know, they throw rocks through the windows. I love my kids. I let them do whatever they want. No, you don't do that. If you love kids, you love your family, you're going to do your best to protect them and keep them from destroying themselves. And I think this is one of the problems. Greg, any last thoughts? Nope. I think that you did a great job. So anyway, Ron, I know, or Doug, I know it was a long answer to the question, but I think so many people and perhaps people like you saying, Mike, why did you say that? Oh, I pray everybody has a little better understanding uh, of why. And, and I do believe all of us as Christians should really have a burning passion for our God, because that's what we need. And you know what? If you're not sold on your relationship with God, and I'm speaking to this to pastors as well, how will you ever expect anybody you speak to to be sold as well? Begins with us first. Pray you all have a very safe weekend. Greg, thanks for being on. I'm sorry for uh, Ron Charles and, and, and Ron in Oregon that uh, we didn't get to your call. Calls will put you on first thing on Monday. Thanks, Greg. All right. See you next time. Look forward to being back with you. Until then, have a safe weekend. 
To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.